Hello, everybody, and welcome to Minute 104 of Season 5 of Movie Around Minute, the daily podcast where we yippee our way through the 1990 Bruce Willis action flick, Die Hard 2, Die Harder, one minute at a time. And not only is today the 104th episode of Die Hard 2, this is actually also my 600th episode of my entire series. You know, so from all the movies that I've done so far, today we've hit the 600 episode mark so uh wow I'm, I'm just amazed at that 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 in just just a little over two years i got the 600 episodes so that's wow congratulations you have Thank my you. pride my admiration <laughs> and <a> kick-ass vacation <laughs> that's right and it, it's good for our way of life right <laughs> you know whether 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 we're a democracy or not <laughs> so I'm Rob, and joining me today, once again, is Travis Bow of the Watchmen Minute. Welcome back, Travis. Thank you. And happy 600th to you. I almost said welcome. <laughs> I almost welcomed you back. That's why I was a little like, uh, thank you. <laughs> oh, you were waiting to, to welcome me. That, that's okay, too. That, yeah. That's perfectly all right. So, Minute 104 begins with Khan making the rounds in the cabin and ends with John seeking a solution. So we, we ended things yesterday with uh, all of the guys in blue light and the, the three remaining guys from Stewart's men uh, getting climbing up into into the airplane, into their cargo plane that they've that, that they've commandeered or been given, however you want to look at it. And Khan started walking, you know, from the cockpit into the cabin itself. And this this minute continues with him walking. You know, and we, we had him yelling yesterday, okay, woohoo, here we go. And then everyone starts high fiving each other and they're they're all yeah. like they're all like really excited. Mm-hmm. Maybe Khan is really excited because like he and Miller were the ones who actually survived. You know, I, I don't know. Right. And it, it's very funny because like you see all of the blue light guys are are wearing either their their white snow suits or they're in camouflage. But both Khan yeah. and Miller are the two guys that, that that are dressed differently because of what they had to do. Yeah, that took me earlier when you were saying that there were only three remaining. I thought, but that doesn't make sense because the the car the passenger area here. I remembered seeing you know some guys in white and a bunch of guys uh, in camo, and I thought, you know, then not realizing that okay, the guys in camo have like white pants on. They've just taken off the. The outer layer, so yeah. Right. And well, because it's pretty hot on the plane, the, I guess. Yeah. It's going to get a little hotter. Yeah. I think next week or oh, maybe yeah. in two weeks it gets a little bit hotter <laughs> for them, possibly. Mm. <laughs> you know, and and I love how they're yeah. like they're lighting up cigars, they're high fiving yeah, each other, they're, they're having fun. You know, but once again we still see a few of the guns that have red tape on them, which which uh, shows it. You know, kudos to the person in charge of continuity, making sure that they they didn't forget that. You know. Um, I mean, these guys are all really, really happy that they're, you know, that they're they're all going to be quite rich very shortly. Yeah. Or, or at least that's what they think at this point. <laughs> you know, they're they're clapping this, and they're this is, cheering. Yeah. And, you know, they're they're pretty rowdy crowd, I guess you could say. <laughs> right. This is where I looked up uh, Tom Verica, see who was playing. You know. Ah, okay. Because again, like I said, you know, I I recognize him. I knew I knew I've seen him in other things, so I looked him up to see who he was. And and yeah, I found you know 
he's been in tons of stuff, but he's also like a big producer um, involved in a lot of the Shondaland productions, uh, which is actually where I probably know him from the most. He was on uh, at least the first season of How to Get Away with Murder. He was the husband to uh, uh, blanking on her name now. Um, I've Amanda actually Waller never seen. I've never Suicide seen any. Squad. Any episodes of that show? Okay. Um, man, what is her name? Now it's, that's bugging me. It's not, she plays Amanda it's, Waller. It's not in Regina the King, right? Squad. No, no, it's uh, man, it's gonna bug me. But uh, regardless, he's the husband in that show. I forget if he goes on to the second season or anything, but Viola Davis, um, yeah. right? You're Viola Davis. Viola Davis. Thank you. There you go. Yeah, I guess he did a long, long stint on The Naked Truth with Taya Le- Leone. Oh, really? I love that prob- show. That was a great okay. show. Yeah, he was – I, I flipped through the, the photos in IMDb just to look at his images, and it looked like he was probably the male lead in that show. Really? Wow. I don't remember That's what that it at all. looked like. I mean, he looked like he was in a bunch of episodes. It, I think he was – He was, no, he was only he was in 22 episodes of the 55. Oh, it's 55 episodes. Okay. So he played a character named Jake Sullivan. So maybe on one of the seasons, Jake Sully. That's right. <laughs> so maybe uh, maybe on one of the the seasons he was the the love interest or something like that. Maybe that okay. that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was in in the TV show American Dreams. He was he was on 61 episodes. So that mm. so how to get away with murder. He was in 23 episodes, as you mentioned. Um. Yeah. But most of the stuff he's been on, he's been in like uh, just you know one episode, or you know he was he was in yeah. Zodiac, he had a role in Zodiac. Um, oh, he was in Flags of Our Fathers. Forgot about that one. Okay. Um, playing one of the, the characters there also. Yeah, and as I mentioned earlier this week, he was in uh, From the Earth to the Moon. So yeah, no, he's got he's he's got. He's definitely got a lot of credits. He's got 61 credits in IMDb. So I'm sure you can yeah. you can find him here or there with different things that 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 he's done. So yeah. Yeah. That, that, those are those are pretty much yeah. the big ones that that he He was on 9 episodes of LA Law. Okay. That was probably that was very early in his uh in his career. That 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 he was there. I actually that's around this time. <laughs> that's actually really funny that okay. I think about that cuz yeah. you know, he was he was he was on LA Law in 1991, so it was actually a year after he was on this yeah. movie. Um, yeah, so basically at this point, you know, these these guys are getting really really cocky and and uh, you know they're they're cheering and clapping and stuff like that. And then we go into the cockpit and we see uh, Esperanza is is piloting with Stewart as the co-pilot, and then we see some other guy uh, that, that Grant is just sitting in the back. But there's like another guy who's supposedly the navigator. Who I think it's uh Von D. Curtis Hall. You're right. You are right. You are right. It is. It's Von D. Curtis Hall. There you go. So in other words, Khan is the only guy who doesn't have a real job. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's the the uh was it the morale officer? Right. He opened <laughs> the door the last uh last minute. You know, he's and now his watch has ended. His That's right. Now he just gets to Go party in the back with the, with the guys. I'm surprised there's not a, a, you know, case of beer on the plane. I'm I'm really surprised that you know they're not celebrating a little bit more with these guys in the back. Well, where would they have gotten the case of beer? That's the first question. I don't know. And now I have an even bigger yeah. question. 
if you look at it, it <laughs> looks pretty much as if the, the seats are almost entirely filled. Where would the other nine guys yeah. have to sit, have sat? Oh. <laughs> Crisscross applesauce on the floor. That's right. You know, it's it. This is when they they never. This asked. is when I basically figured out that this was a cargo plane because. I noticed that, you know, in this passenger section, it basically there's a wall back there, not too far behind where these guys are sitting. So then it was like, oh, okay, this is not a, you know, typical uh, passenger plane. So that's it's actually interesting to to think about it, They're like because they never they never said we want a cargo plane with room for for 25 people. Right. You know, it's like. Yeah, they, they, that is they would have they would have given that away. You know, maybe they knew that in a cargo plane there are enough seats in general. I don't know. Yeah, but whatever. That that goes back to what we were talking about a few weeks ago with with the um with with the snow. Uh, uh, oh, what were they called? The the snow, not snow speeders. <laughs> um, oh. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, snowmobiles. snowmobiles, right? With the with the snowmobiles, <laughs> so they they only had five snowmobiles, but they were supposed to be twelve guys, thirteen. So where would how would they have oh, done God. that? You know, that, like, you know, that's something we discussed that there, there, it doesn't make sense, but you know, you can't really think yeah. of a plausible explanation unless that wasn't really that was only a backup plan, you know. Right. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm thinking. I'm thinking Stewart probably expected some casualties along the way. Um, obviously, he couldn't. No one can expect you know John McClane to to ruin your your plan. The, so the truth is, I don't. I don't agree with you on that. I don't think he expected any casualties because right. He's he's overconfident already from the beginning, yeah. and when Miller comes back and he says losing one of our men wasn't part of the plan. Sure. You know, so so he he wasn't expecting not, it. Yeah, not not part of the plan, but uh, because he has so many men and he doesn't seem too uh, upset when when any of them get picked off. You know, I think he was he's not upset that that you know, no he doesn't he, lost he hasn't man, shed any tears for any of them. Yeah, you know, except for Cochran, who he almost killed Miller because of that. That is it. You know, <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, so we're we're in the cockpit, and and then Grant says, "I don't know about you guys, but I've seen enough <laughs> snow to last me a lifetime." <laughs> and then Stewart turns to him and goes, "They don't get much of that in the tropics, Major." And then uh, Esperanza laughs and goes, "For you, gentlemen, we'll import it." And they all start laughing. <laughs> yeah, you know, at least at least they have what um... to chuckle about. <laughs> I looked into uh, places that the major could go Ooh. if he, he if, if he doesn't want to ever see snow again. All right. What, what, what have you got? Um, number. F so there's four here. He could go to Fiji, uh, the tropical island nation, which sits in the South Pacific Ocean and boasts tropical temperatures year round, has never seen snow. Wow. Uh, he could go to New Delhi, India. Not only do temperatures in India's capital city rarely dip below 32 degrees Fahrenheit, freezing mark, but winter there is considered to be a dry season. Ooh. Uh, while Delhi has yet to experience no snowfall, snowfall, it does, however, see frost from time to time. Uh, number two, Cairo, Egypt. With its desert climate, pre uh, precipitation of any kind is a rarity in Cairo. 
It averages less than one inch of rainfall each year. Uh, there was a near snowfall in December 2013, but the tiny white precipitation turned out to be soft hail, not snow. <laughs> uh, there's been hail in Egypt before, if you, if you read That's your right. Bible. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, number one, maybe the best place for, for Major to go, would be the dry valleys of Antarctica. Surprisingly, one of the coldest continents, Antarctica, is also home to a place that's never seen snow. Uh, known as the Dry Valleys, uh, the region is one of the driest places on Earth and hasn't seen rainfall for an estimated two million years. No, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, only two million. Two things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, two things keep it dry. First, the mountains are so high that they block any moisture from the nearby East Antarctic ice sheet. And secondly, uh, as as cold heavy as cold heavy air is pulled down the mountain slopes by gravity, high speed or catabatic winds uh, heat the air, immediately evaporating whatever water may be in it. So, hmm. there you go. Those are four uh, places that the major could could visit. Oh wow! Interesting. Very cool. Um, I, I I wonder if the the cargo plane will actually reach that those destinations. <laughs> you know, yeah. we'll we'll get there. We'll get there. There there is something in in today that, that today's minute. We'll we'll talk a little bit about it. You know, and yeah, and then basically the 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 shot changes and we see the helicopter on the outside again, and then we we go into the helicopter, and John screams, <laughs> "They left the hangar!" and and then Sam is still directing the. The cameraman goes right there, right there. Get that. Like, what does she want him to film? The airplane? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess just uh, the the yeah, the bad guys are escaping. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> no, it's just Better funny than shooting nothing. That's right. It's just funny the way that she says it. You know. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then uh, all right. Then the pilot turns to John and goes, "All right, now what?" And he goes, "Get in front of them. Take them down." <laughs> Yeah, really smart, John. <laughs> Block their path so they can't get out of there. And then the guy goes, I'm not playing chicken with a 200-ton plane. I'm crazy, but I ain't that crazy. Forget it. <laughs> I, uh, I'm i with John here. I I think anyone piloting a plane, you know, they have to take off or they have to stop. They can't keep going forward forever. They're going to run out of, of runway. Um, and I don't think any pilot even maybe the general, maybe he's desperate enough, but I don't think a, a pilot of one of these planes is going to risk lifting off anyways and hitting this helicopter and, and potentially, you know, cracking his, his, you know, windscreen or, or taking on any damage like that. Okay. But the, you know, the, the I think, is, I think you could, the, it, what's that? but it is playing, playing chicken. <laughs> There's no question. It about is that. sure. But I think this is one of those that that no matter what you're in, you've got the an advantage if you're going up against a, you know, if it was a car, yeah, they could probably just drive over it. Although that might be enough to disable, um, the the wheels or whatever. But yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm with John here. All right, that's fair. But I I think the pilot is a little more experienced. <laughs> yeah. No yeah. offense to you, Travis. And he is. <laughs> he, yeah. 
he is accurate, or he, he's in the the ballpark when he says two hundred tons. Yeah, well, we'll, um, we'll, we'll get there. The... We'll get there in a second. Okay. Uh, first, I want to talk about the chicken. He says I want to play chicken. So, do you know, oh, okay. do you know uh, any other names for the game of chicken? Um, I mean, it's kind of jousting, isn't it? <laughs> um, uh, sort of. No, it is sort really. of. We we did talk about jousting uh, a few weeks ago. But uh, yeah, so first of all, it's it's known as the hawk dove game, or the snowdrift game, and it is a model of conf- conflict for two players in game theory. The principle of the game is that while the ideal outcome is for one player to yield to avoid the worst outcome, if neither yields, the inv- individuals try to avoid it out of pride for not wanting to look like a chicken. Each player taunts the other to increase the risk of shame in yielding. However, when, when one player yields, the conflict is avoided and the game is uh, is for the most part over. So it's basically just, uh, you know, a fight for egos as to who's, uh, yeah. you know, the, the, the movie I always think of when I think of the game of chicken is Footloose. You know, when they were right. playing with the tractors, you know, and, and Ren wants to jump off, but his shoelace gets stuck and isn't able to do it. <laughs> so... You know, and I mean, th- this is just, you know, it's, it's the article that I found talks about like all of the economic uh, aspects of it, which we're not really going to get into about where it all comes from. You know, it's not the type of chicken that we would normally think where people are, okay. you know, one, it, it's more, you know, theory, uh, economic theories and stuff like that about, uh, about how things, you know, maybe business strategy and stuff like that. Okay. Right. But yeah, we're not going to get into that. I mean, we're we're, we're more familiar with the idea of uh, who's gonna who's gonna blink first, you know, that type of thing. Yeah. So I mean, it works really well for him to use that as the example here, because that's more or less what he would be doing. It's playing chicken. It's it's the idea of trying to 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 keep them on the ground, as you said before. But I don't know how much it's really gonna whether it would really work or not. Yeah. Right. So back to what you were saying about the the weight of the of the car, cargo plane. So basically, I found a place that talks about the the three different size, the three different general sizes of cargo aircraft. You have you know small, medium, and large, and also talks about the 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 you know how heavy they are and also their range, because the range is something okay. we talked about a little bit a little bit earlier about how important that is about you know whether they can yeah. make it to Fiji or Egypt or New Delhi. Uh, I'm trying to remember what the fourth one was that you mentioned. Uh, Antarctica. Antarctica, right, exactly. Which I can actually tell you, it it <laughs> in an episode of uh, Watchmen Minute that we did, um, they go to Antarctica, actually. Yes, they of course. They fly the, the, owl, mm-hmm. the owl jet or the owl... Um, to Antarctica, and I found, you know, I forget how I I looked it up, but it would take 180,000 gallons of fuel Whoa. to fly from New York to uh, Antarctica. So right, that actually might help here in some uh, way. No, probably I not. I don't. I don't. It's a cargo plane. Maybe they have room for for a bunch of barrels. Yeah, I I think the owl is a little smaller and uh, probably more yeah. gas efficient. Yeah, you know. It's fuel, more right. fuel efficient. They're not using, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so a small cargo aircraft is usually anywhere between one to ten tons, and the the range is only about four hours. That you can only fly about four hours, 
Uh, again, these these are generalizations. Obviously, there are planes that probably that don't fit specifically into this. Um, a medium cargo plane is anywhere between 12 and 12 and a half tons to 40 tons. And that can usually fly up to eight hours. And then the large cargo planes, which I believe is what they've asked for here, because I think they said they wanted a 747 or 767. Both of those fit into here as the large cargo aircraft. They're anywhere between 40 and 250 tons. So I guess you sort of can make sense that it could be a 200 ton uh, plane. And yeah. they can usually only fly up to about 12 hours. So, I mean, I can tell you that the flight from from New York to Israel or Israel to New York is is uh, anywhere between 10 and 12 hours, depending on wind speed and stuff like that, you know, or headwinds and stuff like yeah. that. But um, so maybe Cairo is the only place that they can get to. And and if they're saying <laughs> tropics, I don't yeah. think they're really referring to Cairo that that when when you when you right. would say tropic, my assumption is, is they're going somewhere in Central America, you know, some yeah. some island in yeah. Central or which, which is ironic because that's actually where Esperanza is coming from. You know, Valverde right. is in Central America somewhere. You know, we're we're not sure exactly where, <laughs> but who knows? Uh, was there something else you wanted to add about the, the cargo plane that you were talking about before? Um, I just did, you know, how heavy is a, or how much does a, I use Boeing 747 as my, what I assume this plane mm -hmm. to be. Said so a Boeing 747 aircraft weighs anywhere between 153 tons and 220 tons. Right. Okay. Um, so the, the so pilot's yeah, right. it's in the range there. <laughs> the, the pilot yeah. rounded yeah. off well. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And, and it does say that its maximum takeoff weight is between 320 tons and for almost 450 tons. Wow, so you can get so. another 200 tons on there. That That's just amazing. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's really cool. And then as we're, we're in the helicopter and we start hearing uh, the, the pilot from the Northeast flight. Now, my first question here is, is, why are they on that frequency? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, it just so happens that they're on the same frequency. So basically we hear the yeah. pilot say, Dallas, this is North Northeast 140 request clearance on first available runway. And John goes, Hey, that's John. That's Holly's plane. <laughs> Repeat request emergency clearance. I know you're not going to answer, but you damn well better. Listen, we're down to fumes and we have to land. And in five minutes we're coming in one way or another and then john screams at the pilot god damn it that's my wife's plane take it fucking down and he goes i'm not getting in front of the plane we we see that there's there's all this tension going on in in the helicopter itself you know between them and we get a shot of trudeau also listening in hearing you know the the report but obviously he has no way mm. of responding to them you know and then john looks around to see if he can find some sort of answer of how to deal with it or whatever it is yeah i really like the determination from this pilot you know he knows he's not supposed to land but they're going to crash if if he doesn't do something so i've and yeah i like that he's just matter of fact like we're coming in uh let's let's yeah. hope sorry <laughs> that's right <laughs> yeah um and you've probably talked about this uh but 
I mean, if you haven't, what do you think about the overall plan here of uh, Stewart's? You know, it's kind of it's kind of ingenious because he's essentially he's hijacking all of these planes without having to set foot on the planes themselves. Sure. You know, by taking over this airport, controlling the airport, it's really a brilliant kind of way to go about this. I mean, and, and I'm glad they did it in this way. You know, it's not another, it's not passenger 57. It's not, you know, die hard in the sky. It's, you know, it's a little different. Right. And I think there've been other movies to kind of do that. So I think this is a, an interesting way to, to use these planes as, you know, as the, to increase the yes, stakes. I, I agree with you on it. I mean, again, we, we've pointed out numerous times that there's a huge plot hole here because they, the, they should have diverted mm, the planes yeah. right away. As soon as when they had those two yeah. minutes that they could divert them, that's the one, that's one thing. And the second yeah. thing is my assumption is, is that, that the, the, the airplanes have some sort of protocol that if the airport that you're not, uh, if the airport that you're supposed to be going to is not responding in X amount of time, then you get in touch with a different airport <laughs> right. to go land. But yeah. okay, that that would have you know taken away some of the fun of the movie if they would have done something. Like that. So. Yeah, it it really it only works because the because uh, the weather is supposed to be so bad that there's they're actually sending more planes to Correct. Dulles, mm-hmm. right? Yes, like the, the surrounding airport. So. It makes it, it only works because the weather is so That's bad. Right. You know, if conditions were better, yeah, the planes would just go to New York, JFK, whatever. No, but they've been circling around for two yeah. hours. I mean, they could have gotten very far. Right, right. You know, they 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 could have yeah, gotten all the yeah. way out to Indianapolis. So I mean, come on. You know, it's like yeah. <laughs> so, you have anything else you want to say about this minute before we get into the script? Um, what do I have? Oh, um, we briefly saw, you know. Sam Coleman, she's in the plane there. And I just wanted to point out that uh, Sheila McCarthy is great as, uh, as Sam here. She does a fine job, but she's also great in uh, in the season one of Umbrella. Mm, okay. I've, I've never seen that. I've I've seen her in a few things, it's, but I've never seen her in that. This, yeah. You know, so, yeah. She's, she's very recognizable, though, in different when, yeah, when you see her yeah. in movies. Maybe it's because I like this movie so much that, that I find her recognizable. You know, that I don't know. Right. All right. Very cool. Uh, so the, the script starts off with uh, in the hangar at night, the abandoned truck's lights still glare into the camera and then something shadows them. The 747 taxis out of the hangar rolls towards the runway inside the first class area. The soldiers take seats, cocky smiles on their faces. The, the chopper, McLean and the others fly along, listening to the continued airplane and tower traffic which is growing panicky. Pilot points and goes, Hangar 11. McLean goes, they're leaving. In the hangar below them, the plane is in a slow, wide turn. The hangar empty, empty, light spilling into the snow. Sam taps the cameraman, who's already on the case. Now what? Get him to stop. Hover low. Block their path. Play chicken with a 200-ton plane? Hey, I'm crazy, but I'm not that crazy. And then we hear on the radio, Dulles, this is Western 140. Holly, request clearance on... First available runway, repeat, request emergency clearance. And then it says Trudeau's voice, negative 114, our situation is unchanged. How the hell did he, was he able to respond? <laughs> That's a slight error in the, uh, you know, in, in the script here, that they actually have Trudeau responding. 
Well, mine just changed. God damn it. We're down to fumes and we have to land. And in five minutes, we're coming in one way or another. McLean turns to the pilot. That's my wife's plane. God damn it. Pilot goes, I'm still not getting in front of it. And that's pretty much how it ends. So every Thursday, we have a segment called Aviation Thursday, where my guests will give their top five movies related to aviation, whether it's airplanes, uh, airports, space flight, could be anything. So what have you got for us, Travis? Start with your number five and work your way up. Okay. Um, number five, I'll go with uh, Red Tails, the uh, movie about the uh, Tuskegee Airmen. It's a, it's a solid George movie, that, you know, a story that... Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I'll say, okay, on the other side of the world, same same time period, I actually like um, a lot of Pearl Harbor. Not seen it in a long time, but I remember really liking, you know, I know it's it's full of, like, Michael Bay tropes, you know, galore. It's, it's that sort of uh, filmmaking. But uh, I think the plain stuff that they do in that movie is really good uh, with what Josh Hartnett and Ben Affleck are are doing and then like post uh pearl harbor attack when they they're all gearing up to launch an attack against uh japan the they're like trying to figure raid. out how to yeah the Doolittle raid yeah that sequence is is really really i think well done um so uh what else uh then i'll go with uh, up in the air the uh george clooney Anna Kendrick, Vera Farmiga movie about like just business, uh, you know, and and one little aspect of it is, you know, just a lot of air travel. And he's trying George Clooney is trying to get to like a million, you know, frequent flyer miles mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, but it's a good sort. It's a yeah. good movie. Um, then, of course, uh, Con Air. It's it's just. You know, it's it's great. Con Air. <laughs> And then uh, Die Hard, or uh, Die Hard, uh, Top Gun. It's, you know, it's the movie I think of when you think of airplanes. And, uh, All right. Yeah. Oh, very cool. Great, great choices there. Shout out to uh, Jay and Mark, uh, previously of the uh, Con Air pod, which they've already finished. Uh, they finished back in the summer. But uh, you can still go there and listen to all the episodes of, of the Con Air podcast there, where they do it scene by scene. Or actually, chapter by chapter. They don't even, mm. you know, they, yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah. All right. So, Travis, you want to uh, once again tell people where they can find uh, Travis Bow? Sure. Um, yeah, Real Comic Heroes. We talk about comic book movies, and um, yeah, I think you'll uh, you'll enjoy it. So, check out Real Comic Heroes, uh, Real with two E's. All right. And finding me is very simple. Just do a quick search for a movie a minute. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on my website, movieraminute.com, or you can find me on Twitter. So. Until tomorrow, yippee-ki-yay! Yippee-ki-yay! If you're fond of sand dunes and salty air, quaint little villages here and